0: This podcast is made possible by Sage Intact and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Rich Antonek, CFO of Veritex Legal Solutions, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode
0: 213. How as a finance leader are you, driving, are you, change are you driving change, change in your organization? organization? How are you driving change? Your
1: organization.
0: In this episode, we speak with Ash Noah, Vice President of External Relations for the AICPA's Chartered Global Management Accountant Designation, the CGMA.
1: We should be able to take complex data, complex information, complex analysis, and be able to communicate it in the context of business in a simple way so that a generalist can understand. Understand it, and and that is a, a skill which is around communication. It is about the ability to translate and convey financial information, non-financial information, effectively to all levels within the organisation. Whether you're speaking to, um, you know, the the middle management, or whether you're speaking to the workforce, or whether you're speaking to the board of directors, you need to be able to articulate yourself in a way which which makes yourself um, to be understood
0: here our complete interview with ash after these words from our sponsor it's a question every growing business must answer how do you scale your organization to accommodate growth while reducing risk Sage Intac provides the instant visibility into deep operational and financial requirements that inform decision-making when scale is top of mind. By automating error-prone manual tasks and allowing your team to focus on the analysis of more accurate information, Sage Intac provides the visibility required to confidently scale your organization. Sage Intact is the only AICPA preferred provider of cloud financial management software. Hello, we're speaking with Ash Noah, Vice President, CGMA External Relations at the American Institute of CPAs. Ash, as some of you uh, maybe are well aware, has been charged with introducing and growing awareness around the Chartered Global Management Accountant designation. This is not our first time speaking with Ash, so we're very pleased to have him join us once again. Ash, welcome.
1: Jack, thank you very much, and I am delighted to be back again.
0: Ash, it's great to have you.
1: In, In the last
0: decade, there have been many truly transformational stories published where, where finance has played a key role in driving change within organizations. Other than being led by dynamic CFOs, what do you think these CPAs within these organizations likely had in common?
1: The, the finance transformation, Jack, is really about moving your finance function from their comfort zone, from their wheelhouse of their technical expertise to the value zone. And you operate at the value zone when you bring insightful analytics, which are actionable in the business, uh, when you're able to influence the organization with those insights and then create strategic impact. And that's really what the transformation journey is when you're able to be true business partners and not only uh, operate and and participate in the strategic planning and the business planning process, but you're deeply engaged in the execution of strategy. You're deeply engaged in the risk management of that execution. So transformation happens at two levels, what I have seen. The first level of transformation is when you have transformed the function to be more efficient And that is around deploying technology, uh, shared service centers, creating centers of excellence, and delivering scale benefits. But transformation should not stop there. The successful CPAs who've gone on to really transform their function have moved to level two transformation. And the level two transformation focuses not on technology and not on processes, But now it focuses on people and talent. And that level two transformation comes about by developing your finance function with people who are able to provide those increased insights, are able to support the business in a more effective way and produce real business benefits. So the level two transformation happens when you're able to transform your people. The level one transformation actually enables you to have the capacity to then invest in uh truly competency based talent development which produces finance professionals who are able to then transform the function so although it, you know you might see rising stars in finance transformation these leaders have actually created a whole team and a whole function that have been able to transform finance so Um, underlying that one person is a whole team. He's been able to take his whole team through a journey and transform the whole team to achieve that transformation. That is what I would say are true success stories.
0: So as more CPAs participate in transformational initiatives, what are the types of skills uh, and experiences that will uh, distinguish them from more uh, traditional CPAs or CPAs who've gone down the more traditional path.
1: Um, well, I, I do want to say there's huge value in accountants, whether they are CPAs, chartered accountants, who are technically sound and deep in their technical knowledge. Um, there are several areas which require such level of specialization and expertise, and if we do not have that, um we do not have sound accounting practices, we do not have a foundational strength in your finance and accounting function so um I do not want to um, give the impression that everybody who is a finance professional or an accounting professional um uh, needs to be in that um, area where you're, you're, you're engaging deeply with the business. Um, so there is a space where you have to be very narrow, very deep, and organizations require that specialization and the expertise. Um, as you move towards a more general space and you are moving towards lines of businesses and you're moving towards supporting decision-making in lines of businesses, that's when you need a finance professional who is an all-rounder. He has solid technical skills. He has passed his professional exams. He's shown that he has these foundational skills, but he then has progressed on to be being a business finance person. He has business skills. Um, he's participated, or she has done strategy. She's engaged in process management. She's engaged in uh, business relations. Um, She's leading change in her organization. Uh, He or she is a good influencer. Uh, They're able to negotiate. They've got the people skills. They're able to collaborate and partner. And, And that's when you start getting into an area what businesses need today is people with those all round skills so it's not one or the other you need both you need the experts you need the the sharp um professional expert who can come up with tax strategies who can come up with structural finance structuring strategies um but understands the business uh, he, he or she does that in the context of business and and then there is the um finance professional in the operational areas of the business who are engaged with various different um, parts of the functions like they're involved in IT, they're involved in HR, they're involved in marketing. They're able to partner with these functions. They're able to join the dots and lead the organization towards strategic success.
0: So we very frequently hear the words people skills today. And and I think of salespeople when I hear that phrase or people who get things done uh, by being effective connectors. And I hear the words ethics, integrity and rules when I think of accounting. Um, Will the effort to make finance more social, more people oriented in some way undermined, you know, this rules mindset that has arguably uh, safeguarded that integrity?
1: <laughs> I like the way you position that as social skills. Um, and, and typically, um, you know, I myself have been a introvert and, uh, been a shy and, uh, you know, a person who prefers to remain in the background. And, and, um, uh, you know, it could be that the profession attracts people like me, uh, but uh, more and more, um, finance, Professionals um, need to be really able to have these what we call soft skills. I call them hard skills because they're really hard to cultivate. They're really hard to develop. But when when we look at um, the type of finance professional that is required by the business today, and and um, you know he has to be ethical. He has to be a professional skeptic. He has to be able to look at um a, a set of information with independence they need to be trustworthy um and and they're stewards you know we are uh, as a um we, we are the anchor and the chain that provides that stability um to the organization and we can never lose that what we need to do is is add on layers on top of that which help us to communicate with the rest of the organization We should be able to take complex data, complex information, complex analysis, and be able to communicate it in the context of business in a simple way so that a generalist can understand understand it. And and that is a a skill which is around communication. It is about the ability to translate and convey financial information, non-financial information effectively. To all levels within the organization, whether you're speaking to, um, you know, the, the middle management or whether, whether you're speaking to the workforce or whether you're speaking to the board of directors, you need to be able to articulate yourself in a way which, which makes yourself, um, to be understood. Um, so c- communication is, is a soft skill and then that's what we talk about people skills. Um, another one of those are, um, uh, that describes that is negotiation skills, uh, decision-making skills. Now, are you able to demonstrate the use of a direct whilst being diplomatic? Are you able to challenge without being aggressive? Um, are you able to adjust your personal position and style quickly if circumstances are changing? Um, you know, the, you need to be specific and you need to be able to talk to uh, some of these specific competencies and you need to be able to articulate them. Otherwise, you you just say, Oh, I want you to be a better collaborator. I want you to be a better at communication. But unless you are as specific to say that, um, you know, collaboration is about the ability to establish relationships, to establish cross-functional partnerships and demonstrate integrity in that collaboration to be a valued partner. If you're not that specific, then you're being vague about collaboration. So one needs to define very clearly what do we mean by these soft skills? And then say, well, we want you to be ethical, we want you to have integrity, we want you to be a steward, but then we want you to build these specific skills so that you are able to interact with the rest of the organization in an effective way to create value for the business.
0: So, Ash, we heard you speak recently at uh, CFO Rising up in Boston about um, a competency framework. I want to ask you what the initial steps would be for a finance leader to leverage this, but maybe I should first ask, when would a finance leader find this useful?
1: A competency framework is a structured way of looking at specific skills and competencies and defining those and being specific about them. And I just gave you some examples in, in, in our previous discussion about those soft skills. Um, when you look at organizations, and I've, I've worked in several countries, uh, as you mentioned before, uh, we have always had very detailed job descriptions for finance staff. Um, The role is described, duties and responsibilities are described, and and when you come to the performance management system, again, you're very clear about objectives and you're very clear about achievement of those objectives. What I find what is missing, and this is what we've tried to do with the CGMA competency framework, is to provide the profession and provide professionals specific skills and competency descriptions of specific skills and competencies that are required to be effective in your role. So it's not a job description, it's not about the role, but it's about the competencies that are required in a specific role. Our competency framework was built after consultation with employers around the world, having workshop with several thousand financial professionals in roundtables. As to describing the types of competencies that are required by business in the field of accounting, we went about uh, then putting those competencies into buckets and and there are four main buckets, and it's um, every every bucket has built into it the ethics, integrity, and professionalism that is required from uh, finance and accounting professionals, so the four um quadrants of those skills were starting off with the technical skills. We defined technical skills in great detail. But then we went on to describe the business skills, the people skills, and the leadership skills. And when you have covered the four quadrants of that competency framework, that's when you become a fully-orbed business finance person. And we've gone on to articulate those business skills, those people skills, and the leadership skills. And so when you look at the um, business skills, we talk about strategy, we talk about process management skills, business relation skills, project management skills as an example. Um, And when we say people skills, we actually define those people skills. And we define influencing, negotiation, communication, collaboration, partnering. And then under leadership skills, we've defined them as team building skills, coaching skills, mentoring, how to drive performance in an organization, change management skills, uh, motivational and inspirational skills. So we've actually defined these skills at a high level. But then not only have we done that at the high level, we then go on and actually give the descriptors of those skills. So in in the leadership skills, I just mentioned change management. We then drill down into change management and we've defined those change management skills at four different levels, at the foundational level, intermediate, advanced, and expert level. And I'll read you a descriptor from the intermediate level under change management. It is to understand the business objectives and how management changes high to the business unit performance and results. So how does management changes tie to the business unit performance and results? It's that specific. Um, another descriptor at an advanced level for change management, monitor change management results and measure with business objectives. So when you get that specific, then you're able to have a specific conversation with an employee in a role. So, when you're recruiting you're able to define these competencies. You did the job role, but you also define the competencies you're looking for. It makes it easier to recruit when you're trying to identify talent, it makes it easier to identify and then it also helps you measure the gaps between uh, the the current competency and the competency that you desire and then you're able to address those gaps very specifically with targeted learning in order to build that competency. So now it becomes a strategic framework, a structured way of identifying gaps and addressing those gaps in individuals and in the teams. That's what a competency framework can do and that's how it can be engaged and the the, the power of a competency competency framework can be harnessed uh, in in this manner. Uh,
0: What would be the... uh the initial step that a finance leader would want to take if they believed that they should adopt such a framework?
1: They should look at, the first point they should look at is, have I defined my competencies within my organization for my finance and accounting staff? Have I articulated them in a manner which can be understood? That is ground zero. If you answer no to that question, then you develop a framework. You can develop your own, several organizations, then sit down, have workshops, speak to the business, and start talking about how do I define the competencies, what are the competencies I want, and how can I articulate those. So we've built this competency framework, which is a lift and drop. It's open source. Um, you, You can take the CGMA competency framework, and you can use it to define your competencies. So now that is the first step. You find competencies that you need within your organization and then you will be able to, uh, pr- progress along the transformation journey. We'd love to just ask you
0: several quick questions about the CGMA and, uh, curious about, uh, the types of professionals who are, uh, seeking the designation today and, you know, what we've been watching closely uh, are how companies are expanding overseas as an, at an earlier stage in their development than perhaps at any time in corporate history. And very often, uh, they don't have all the accounting resources that you would find in a larger enterprise.
1: Doing business globally is, is becoming a, a norm. Uh, it's not just for the large corporations, um, the, the way business is conducted today. Uh, it is truly an international uh, arena. Uh, your competitors are not across the street; they are across in some other part of the world. Um, your c- customers are in all, any, all, in any parts of the world. So it, it truly is a global world. And uh, when, um, whether it's a small company or a big company, some of the challenges are still the same. Um, the big challenge is when you go global and when you go overseas is consistency. Uh, by that, I mean consistency in the professional standards, consistency in the type of profession, professional qualifications you find around the world. Um, when you go into the emerging markets, you find um, highly qualified people. They have, um, you know, everybody has double degrees and master's degrees, etc. And it's really hard to find a standard which you can use to measure the local talent. What CGMA provides is a global credential. It's a global standard. It's one global exam. It's the um, standard everybody across the world has to meet to pass that exam and get the designation. So if you are going overseas and you're looking for someone with the same level of, uh, of professionalism, with the same skills and competencies as in the US, as in Europe, or whether they're in Australia or whether they're in Korea, um, CGMA helps provide you that global standard. Everybody in the world is going through the same course, passing the same examinations, and getting the same qualifications. And, and you're able to standardize, and, and you're able to um, uh, have a common currency of um, of measuring skills and of having professionals at the same level of professionalism around the world. Um, talent is often the biggest challenge, whether you're a, a small company or a big company, uh, whether you're a complex organization or, or you're, you're, you're a small organization trying to go overseas. Um, you have to expand very quickly. You need additional resources very rapidly, uh, because growth starts to multiply exponentially as you, as you go cross border. Uh, as you go, grow, and go cross-border, the, the complexities also multiply exponentially. Um, you're dealing with different cultures. You're dealing with uh, different um, uh, regulatory environments. And you need people in the local markets who are professionals, and you need to be a- able to identify them. Having a common currency in, this desi- in the CGMA designation helps you identify that calendar easily. And that's how I would say CGMA could really help Companies that have global aspirations and who want to go cross-border, even if it is to one country, Um, and and that is the power of the CGMA, uh, the global consistency.
0: So, what would be perhaps sort of the common profile of a a candidate pursuing a CGMA today? Is it, um, and you know, how long, how far along are they in their career? Often,
1: Um, Jack, the CGMA designation uh, has been in existence in the U.S. For four years now. Um, it's come about by a partnership with the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants, who are UK based organizations, but they're international. And they've been in existence for over 97 years. They've got a body of knowledge which has focused on managerial accounting and business finance. So the type of candidate around the world is typically one who is working who's typically in a um industry um and has 4 to 5 years of experience and is furthering his career and is being asked to move up the organization and to get additional skills and competencies to enable them to transform into uh, more of a leader and and that's the typical profile of a CTMA candidate in the US um cpas Take the CGMA journey and CPAs who are typically uh, transitioning out of public accounting and going into business and industry, or CPAs who've been in industry for a while would like to have a a designation that identifies themselves as hey, I am not only a technical expert, but I am also a business finance person. I am um, qualified. In the corporate finance world. And the CGMA badge helps me to identify myself as that.
0: Thought leader listeners don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com middlemarket. Could you give us an example, perhaps, that illustrates how one company is using the CGMA designation uh, to help advance its finance team or take it to the, to the next level?
1: Um a recent example is um when I was working with a multinational and um uh, the finance leadership was faced with a situation where they had um moved a significant part of their operation to a shared service center overseas, and they looked at their three hundred and fifty odd people remaining in the organization and they wanted them to apply for the uh, retained organization which had two hundred roles, and they were surprised by the gap in the competencies and skills they were looking for to meet those roles they actually had to eventually go outside to fill those roles and what they'd realized is over the last 10 15 years people who remained with the organization who did not go on a continuous journey of learning or or in other words in a lifelong learning type concept they fell far short in the skills and competencies that were required for the remaining roles. And so it highlighted the need for lifelong learning, which means having a system and a framework where people are learning all the time and addressing skills and competency gaps um, on a continuous basis. And CGMA provides that framework to be able to do that. Uh, when, When this organization said, we've got 350 people, we've got to fill 200 roles, this is going to be really easy. But as they went through the interview process and as they assessed each one of these persons for the retained organization, they found large skill gaps and they were really surprised. And now they realize that unless they have an ongoing program to address skills and competency gaps, they have a problem. Um, I I would like to share some data points uh, from a KPMG report which has been um, uh, recently published. It's called View from the Top.
0: Ash will link uh to the survey right on our show notes page for this podcast listeners if you visit CFO Fault Leader again you'll find it right on uh our interview with Ash right on the same page uh on the show notes page but what is the survey exactly about
1: um and it to, it's it's to, it's um surveying CEOs and asking these CEOs about their CFOs and it has some very serious um uh, findings, which us finance professionals need to pay attention to, um, these CEOs, they, they put a high value on people skills that we talked about before. But what they also found that these CEOs see their CFOs lacking in this area, um, 97% of the CEOs said that talent management is really important. It's a really important factor in improving the finance function. But only 33% of those CEOs said that their CFOs passed the grade in managing talent and developing talent. So um, as finance professionals, we really need to wake up to the fact that we have to manage our talent. We need to develop our talent and make them ready for the future. The type of finance professional we need today is very different. The type of finance professional we need for tomorrow is different, and we need to pay attention to that. And we need to be engaged in that developing and, and, and managing the talent more effectively.
0: Ash Noah, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader.
1: Jack, thanks very much. I really appreciate the opportunity and the time.
0: Hi, it's Jack. At CFO Thought Leader, we're interested in hearing from you. We want to find out what you would like to hear more of or less of. And so we've created an ever so short survey in order to learn from you. The survey is now available right on CFOthoughtLeader.com's homepage. It's open to career finance executives of every rank. Meanwhile, It's that time of year again. CFO Appreciation Day is quickly approaching and we are once more firing up our kiln and making our CFO Thought Leader Mug 2019 edition available to survey takers who enlist two or more of their finance team members to complete the survey. We'll mail you our also coveted CFO Thought Leader Mug at zero cost so visit us at cfothoughtleader.com and give us an earful we would greatly appreciate it some rules and restrictions may apply